Welcome to Theatre Club Podcast. This is the podcast that brings you theatre reviews, some theatre news, and sometimes some theatre booze. Sometimes. But not this morning. Yes, we are doing a morning podcast sesh, so we're up bright and early, we've got our coffees it instead of good. cocktails. It feels good, I like it. Yeah, it's nice, but next episode we'll try and do a cocktail, we haven't had one for a while. Yeah, okay. And this episode we will be talking about, finally, The Share Show, which is at the new Wimbledon Theatre as part of its tour, and Rob Madge is bringing back their show, My Sons Are Queer, But What Can You Do, to the Ambassadors Theatre, which is currently playing until March 18th. So those are the two shows we will be reviewing in this episode of Theatre Club Podcast. Oh yeah, so we're up bright and early this morning, but I've been up even earlier because I'm still jet-lagged, and I've been listening in bed to this recording I heard on a lame page of, it's David Foster's Betty Boo musical that he's written, and Catherine McPhee has recorded one of the songs, and it's called Something to Shout About. It is, like, gives me goosebumps. When I heard it on radio, I was like, this is incredible, and I just can't stop playing it. Oh, Betty Boo is in the cartoon character. Yeah. They're making a musical. Yeah, he's written a musical for it. Oh, and Um, David Foster, for anyone who doesn't know, is... A music producer. He's like won like 43 Grammy Awards or something. Yeah, I mean, worked with everyone. Celine Dion, Barbra Streisand, Andrea Bocelli. Like, he's got quite a varied... Michael Bublé. He's a, he's a big famous producer, but Oscar and I know him from also from when he was on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. No, Real Housewives of... Because he was married to Yolanda Foster, who is the mother of Gigi and Bella Hadid. Yeah, and he did not... And I mean, he doesn't come across very well on that show, did he? Well, she got ill and then they got divorced shortly after. He did not. And he, he wasn't very sympathetic, was he? And he's now with Catherine McPhee. Oh. Who's much, much younger than him. Yes, because she well, on the clip I was watching, it says Catherine McPhee Foster. So that she's oh, she's taken... changed her name. Oh, they're married. They're married. Okay, yeah. And we, uh, you saw her in... Waitress. Uh, waitress, didn't you? I didn't see her in Waitress. Oh, she's she's not only... I know she shouldn't just talk about like how people look, but because her voice is incredible, but she does. She's got such a beautiful face. And when she sings these... I was watching it, like, she, they've gone on to Ryan and Kelly, which is like a Today talk show in America. Yeah. And they've done a live performance. David's at the piano. She's singing. And it's a big ballad. It, it sort of has a big crescendo at the end. She just looks... It looks effortless. She's not straining. It's like, it's just... Yeah. Her face is just so... Well, you never watched Smash, did you? No. Oh. Smash was absolutely wild. It was the kind of musical TV series where they were making a Broadway musical about Marilyn Monroe. And Catherine McPhee was one of the stars who was going to be in this Marilyn musical. And it was all over the place as a show. Really good fun. Yeah. But very, very stupid. Um, but Catherine McPhee, to hear her sing, she does have a really good voice, a good pop voice. Um, and like you said, she was in Waitress, so interesting that she's having a whole show created just around her. I don't know if it's... I mean, they didn't say that. They said that David Foster's written a musical. It will be premiering in Chicago in the fall. Oh, so this year. This it's year. happening, yeah. And, she, and then she's gone on and performed this song. So they haven't said that she's attached to it, but obviously she has. Okay. I mean, if she's married to the composer. You'd think. Um, What's the song called? Something to Shout About. Oh, I'm going to have to look that up. Oh, Oscar, you're going to love it. Interesting. It's kind of odd to make a musical about Betty Boo. Yeah. Or it could be about the creation of the character. It could be the real life, whoever it was based on, or, you know, or it might just be a big cartoon, crazy musical. I mean, this this Something to Shout About song is like a big I Want, you know, song kind of 
it's it's like very sweet and it, it's so good. I love it. It's made me really excited. To, I really want to see it. I hope it comes to England. One song does not a musical make, though. I know, but it does. So- well, but then again, I've seen musicals where I thought, God, just one song would have done. Yeah. Like, just there wasn't one good song in that kind of vibe. So actually, if, if something has one, two, ideally, one, yeah, one sometimes for each act. We've, we, sometimes we've gone and seen shows and we're like, all of the songs were good, they were fine, but there's not a song that we like. That stands out. I want to listen to that when I get home. Yeah. Whereas I've listened to this twice now since I heard it on the radio. Oh, well, we'll have to wait and see on that one. I mean, you can make a musical about anything. SpongeBob SquarePants, the musical, was big on Broadway and is coming over to the UK soon. Really? Yeah, I think Gareth Gates is going to be starring in it. <laughs> it sounds... Is it for... Obviously, it's for children, but it's like... It's for, is it? It's for families, but yeah, it's got this kind of pop rock score. Not sure if we'll see it or not, but mm. speaking of shows that have transferred from Broadway, so we went to see, finally, The Share Show, which was on Broadway, was very successful. It didn't have a super long run, but it got some Tony Award nominations. And then it's come over to the UK in the guise of a UK tour. And it's been touring around the UK, but it hasn't come to any venues yet that have been close enough for us to get to. Woking, I think it did. But it's now come to Wimbledon. And we went to see it there. And we've been talking about this one for a long time. I think Because I, we love Cher. I was, well, we love Cher. But I think the, the thing that when I did this as a top tip, I was really excited because the costumes were done by Gabriella Slade, who had from done the six. costumes from Six, and those are like my favourite theatre costumes of all time. Definitely. Tony Award winning. Are they? I think she won the Tony for Six. Really? Mm-hmm. So I was excited about that, and then I love the choreographer, Oti Mabuse. Yeah. We'd seen something that she'd done at the Southwark Playhouse. Ain't Misbehaving. That was it. Really and she, good. That was really good choreography. She's really good on Strictly, when she used to do Strictly. Um, I always thought her routines were really, like, really fun. Mm. So there was just so many people attached. Oh, and then Arlene, Arlene Phillips, Phillips was directing, directing it. Yeah. So there was just so many people attached to this. I just could not wait to see it. And then, yeah, like you say, we love Cher. And so this, the Cher show tells the life story of Cher. And what they've done, kind of, which I think is quite a clever idea, is you have three different shares. And Cher is known as a chameleon. She's had a career that has gone from 90, the early 60s Till present day, she's still working. So they've, and she's had so many different famous looks and different parts of her career, so many ups and downs. So I think to have had the three different actresses playing Cher from the different, we kind of have the younger Cher, middle period Cher, and then later Cher. Yes. And they, let's just quickly talk about the opening because I really was worried when in that opening. You see, it's like a rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Cher's not there. Where's Cher? She's backstage. She's in her dressing room. And so they use a stand-in to, yeah. um, like, as like a lighting guy. Yeah. And that didn't really work for me. Like, that fell a little bit flat, made me a bit uneasy. I was like, do, yeah. that joke hasn't really worked. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, oh, is this going to be... And then we meet, we meet then present goes, day Cher. Yeah, then we go present day Cher and she's in her dressing room with the, with her, yeah, with her sort of, they're like her consciences, aren't they? These other Cher. Well, yeah, the sort of ghosts of her past yeah. come back for sort of moral support, I guess. Yeah, their moral support and they're saying, you know, you can do this or what? who do you think you are? They're kind of like, they're giving her criticisms as well as like building and, her up. And when they? they start speaking, they're, they're doing... Full share. Oh, yeah. The full whole And I thought, oh. And I thought, oh, is, is this going to be, is this a bit raw? But then actually very quickly realised that 
no, this is the Cher show, and that is Cher. Yeah. Cher is that big personality, so they're not kind of overdoing it. It's not hammy. I was worried at the beginning, and when they started speaking like that, I was like, is this Mm going to be hammy? Actually, it's not at all. No, what they're doing is they're committing to being Cher. Yeah. All three of the actors whose names we'll mention very shortly, they are fully, they're like, no, we've got to be Cher, start to finish, in our bonge. And then they... And then how would we get? Oh, yeah, and then and then they then they do turn back time, and then yes. we go back to to um, and that's like, let's talk about Babe Cher, like the youngest one. Yes. So we'll we'll name check them as we go. Then. Yes. So our youngest Cher is Millie O'Connell, who was in Six the Musical as Amberlyn. Um. So the very fun, poppy, fun Amberlyn character. She had so like bags of energy in that show, and she brings that here. She comes in as Cher, and it's quite funny because she's pretending to be a kind of. 10 year old maybe share on a little tricycle and I thought that was a clever way to bring her on to kind of land the comedy of uh, she's being so a little baby right. share at that's the, moment. the bit when I was like everybody laughed I genuinely laughed and I thought oh okay, okay. yeah this, they get the joke <clears throat> she's she's being a child share and but, but it she's wasn't got in big, a cringy way it no she's got funny. big she's still got that share eye makeup on yeah. so like it's quite funny it's like Think of Cher now. Imagine the same Cher as a 10-year-old, and this is what you've got. Yeah. So that was really, really funny. Um, and we see her with her mother. I thought the mother character was nice. Um, oh, that and they, they, you see that the, um, it's like an inspirational moment when they've gone. To, they've taken her to the cinema when her dad's still in the picture, and they've taken her to see Cinderella, and she, can, she comes out and she can remember every word of the music, the song in it. And that's a kind of little song that comes back. And I thought that was really well used, that song. Um, It showed how she was like always destined to be a singer. And her mum really encouraged that, didn't she? Yeah. And then that's one of the other themes about going through this, isn't it? About about how shy she is and how like all through her career, she didn't have much confidence. She had to find a persona Mm. to bring that confidence. And then of course, so skipping forward, she then meets Sunny. So that's when we get off first. Obviously, we have turn back time or a little bit of it that gets us into this thing. And then we have a few songs, but it's not until they do I Got You, Babe, that we get the first kind of big full number. Full number. Was Shoop Shoop before that? Shoop Shoop was before that. Which I do wish they'd made more of a number of. I'd forgotten until you just said it and I was like, oh yeah. Because to me, that's one of the songs I do really remember Cher. I know it's not an original Cher, but it's a song I remember her doing really well. How does that want to go to Shoop Shoop? Does he love me? I want to know. I feel, because she sings it to her girlfriends when she first meets Sunny. And it's... Well, it's a bit throwaway, isn't it? Yeah, and I actually think people really like that song. So make that a proper number bring more of the ensemble on because we, we have more. we want more the backing dancers from the opening of the of the show in this re- in this rehearsal we see they come on throughout they don't really change costume they I stay liked in that. their backing dancer costume i like that because it is the share show you know yes. they are like we're Her watching a concert so they're there throughout the whole thing they i love that actually yes they come in and support and then also the set is is quite it's quite simple. Oh, yeah. Who Maybe did the sets? Who did the sets? Let's name check. Maybe just because it's in Cher's mind. The set's fairly simple. We have on stage, we have all Cher's wigs, which I thought was very cool, in the big side pieces of the stage that frame the stage. But then everything that comes in is quite simple. You have a sofa or you have a recording booth or you have one piece of set. But on that piece of set, you'll have... 
the date that that scene is set in. And I thought that was quite a fun idea. Yes, Tom Rogers did the set designs. And yeah, what a versatile set. I mean, it really was so wide and open that you could do anything on it. It kind of really felt... Yeah, and I thought that the dates thing was fun because, again, like when I went to see Tina recently, they had to do a lot of, well, Tina, we've been on the road for six years, or can you believe it's 1970 already? Whereas this, I thought, again, was a kind of winking acknowledgement of this is a, a biopic show. So each piece of set had the date on it, and I thought that was quite fun. Yeah, like, like when, she was, when she was at a bar, there was a neon sign that said 1968. Yeah. Little and things it, like that. I thought that was a good way of doing it. Especially for a touring show, because they can't have huge sets flying in for all these different periods of time. It's obviously not... That's not... So I thought that was a clever way of doing it and keeping it feeling like it was... Oh, I didn't feel like for a touring show, I was... I, oh, this no, you felt, don't feel like you're shortchanged. Oh no, the the set, the light, I know like the lighting I think was top notch. Let's look at who did the lighting because there was so really... Yeah, this is like the creative company. Ben Cracknell did lighting and like when it was the concert bits, which we'll get to, whoa. Yeah. So let's move on to our next share. So our middle share, which is as we go into the share show era where Sonny and Cher have their TV show, we switch over to Danielle Steers. Again, at six the musical alum she played I saw her doing Catherine Parr and so she's middle share and her voice is beyond it's strong isn't it she's got a very very strong voice and even the way that she portrayed Cher she took a beat she really you know I felt Mm -hmm. so confident when she was Cher she did ooze confidence. Didn't she? Yeah, in her voice and in her performance. The way that she stands and her dancing. and She's she got a hair flick down. Yeah. Like she oh, really used that. I'm so glad hair. that we've meant, talked about the hair because wait, obviously wait, wait, if, wait. You were doing a, if you were doing a brainstorm and things that you think about Cher, it's hair, wigs, costumes. And the hair was, I mean, those are, it's some expensive wigs that those girls are wearing. Like they're perfect, aren't they? They weren't really just good. like long glossy black hair it was at the ends like these like the wigs that the kardashians are wearing do you mean they're like lace, they're like lace fronted thinned at the ends perfect parts you know they've got a bit yeah. of like scalp in the parting it's not ventilated just, is that what that's called yeah when well, you can see a little bit wig. through yeah. so where it it's not real. just a full black line in the middle mm-hmm. they were fantastic yeah really good and um, yeah, I thought, and that Daniel, makes a difference when you're seeing a show. It does. It's little things like that, like good wigs, not seeing radio mics. Yeah, not have it like we should say we've sat in the circle, so maybe front row you'd have seen a radio mic or two. But I don't think we did. We never no. no it's it in was, like they're not yeah, on their heads. That's they're true. Not. It's not right down in the centre of their forehead. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Um, we should say <clears throat> as we're talking about the different chairs, it doesn't Millie Connell, Millie O'Connell doesn't now disappear that Daniel Steers is on. Once we have a new share, the other shares are always there as her, like you said, sort of her conscience, her, her, her well, her inner, inner self. You know how you said about the backing dancers continuously, continuously wearing those costumes? Yes. I liked how the sort of other shares would always wear the black leather leotard with the fishnets and the. Yes, the kind of base costume yeah. was her turn back. And turn I liked back. that they didn't change. Those shares had that look and they always wore that. And I really like that. Yeah, well, it's interesting that we're talking about how how good the costume is, but on Broadway, Bob Mackie did the costumes. What? Yeah, so it was Bob Mackie outfits on Broadway. However, that hasn't come here 
it is a touring show and his costumes are probably very expensive because they'll all be copyrighted. Uh. So to, so the Broadway production had his costumes. And also I thought that, what's the costume designer's name? I've forgotten it already. Gabrielle Slade. Gabrielle Slade's costumes did an amazing job considering she couldn't use his original costumes. She got the essence of them, the essence of those black leather and studded things, but she couldn't actually do the original costumes. And the only problem with that is Bob Mackie is a character in this musical. He's played on stage. He dresses her for the Oscars. And yet we don't get to see that Oscars look with the headdress. Mm. So Daniel Slade did a great job of kind of giving us a sense of it, but it was a bit of a shame to have, I would have taken that one line out where they're saying, Bob, make me the costume for the Oscars. I want you to go big. There was no reveal. We didn't see the headdress. So that was a bit of a shame. Oh, do you know what? I was just, (laughs) I think I am so full of positivity and just like, I loved it so much. I've, I've actually not thought about that, but yeah, I kind of, I, all I remember... Like, it's just don't bring up the Oscars outfit if you can't show it. Yeah. So let's move into the Oscars, the acting period of her life, in which we have our final share, who is Debbie Currup. And Debbie Currup is a West End legend. We've seen her in so many things. We've seen her... In fact, we saw her at that same theatre, New Wimbledon Theatre and Anything Goes. We saw her in Sweet Charity, Blues in the Night. She's been in uh, The Prince of Egypt just before the lockdown. So she plays our modern day Cher all the way back to 80s Cher. And I thought she did a great job as well. She's got a really strong voice, obviously. That's kind of what she's known for. But she brought the maturity to it of the older Cher. Yes, I thought she portrayed that era of... Because that's sort of when her relationship with the... Like her second marriage is going down. She's had a second baby. The works are... I thought she did that really well. As in she portrayed how vulnerable Cher was. Yeah. In that part. I thought that was really good. But I didn't... I did. She wasn't my favourite Cher. Um, no, just but- in terms of her delivery of a lot of her lines, she kind of... Like the delivery in some of the jokes, like what was that joke when someone said, um, it's, it's all right, I'm used to it, I'm a man. It, and she just threw the line away and I was like, no, you needed to pause and, she, and say, it would be if I was a man. But mm. she just kind of rolled the whole thing into one sentence and no one laughed. Yeah, There was just a couple of moments like that that I just felt that she was racing through the dialogue a little bit. Mm-hmm. And her her forte, I felt, was the songs. I think she sounded like Cher. And at the end, when she does... The, the sort of concert numbers, I was like, oh, it's like I'm watching Cher. Yeah. So her voice is probably the thing that I I, I think she was like the best at, out of all the shares probably. Like she really did did that justice, but I just didn't, I just found her her sort of acting bits a bit clunky. Yeah, whereas uh, we mentioned earlier, Daniel Steers really had the attitude and the throwaway lines down really well. And Millie O'Connell, I think, had that sort of, the wild energy of like young Cher. Yes. And they're sort of like in the number at the end. Millie O'Connell was really um, rocking it. Kind of. Yeah. She had a lot of bounce in her, even just in her walk. Yeah. Um, so we should say, so just like Tina the musical, by the time we get to the end of the story, we then get a, con- a, a mini concert at the end. They do a Cher mega mix. Yeah, if you've ever wanted to see Cher perform and not had the chance, go see this musical because yeah. you essentially get a concert at the end and it is costumes, costume changes, lighting changes, all the dancers come on. It's it's like energy. And you get a mega mix of lots of Hits. different Cher songs. They each come out and do their own one and they do it all together. Everybody's up on their feet. 
And it's, it, you know, that it is really good fun. It is so like much cheesy, fun. Cheesy, but good fun. You're just at a share, a share show. Cheesy and good fun. But when you compare it to something like, um, it, you know, like at the end of, uh, the Bodyguard, the musical, you get a big Whitney number at the end, but the lighting and the production isn't quite as good. So you do still feel like you're watching a theatrical a show. Yes. Whereas in this, and I think in Tina, they do the ending, they really do amp it up with yeah, the lighting and the, true. you know, everyone on stage. And I just, I don't know, for some reason it feels more, it does feel more like you're at a concert. It feels yeah. more polished. Yeah, it was, it was really good. We were saying, do we think it will go into London? And I think it would do well. I do. I think it would. And would I see it again? 100%. I loved it. I wouldn't rush back personally. I really loved it, but I, um, I've sort of got my fill and I'm not desperate to rush back. I, I am. I am just so thrilled that we've seen something that ticks every box. It hardly ever happens. Even when I think of like Saturday Night Live had the best dance, the you best mean dancing. Saturday Night Fever. Saturday Night Fever had some of the best dancing, but the story was just so old fashioned and the script just wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Tina, again, the wigs really let it down for me. <laughs> Dusty wigs. Uh, yeah, the wigs and also in Tina, some of the book writing like the the Australian guy joke was really hammy yes whereas this because it's Cher and Cher is full of one line and Cher is sass the book in this can you look up who wrote the book because I actually think the book was really good Rick Ellis Rick Ellis and he's yeah so he's just a really good playwright and I thought he got a lot of good comedy in there and that's kind of important in one of these shows that you're laughing all the way when you're not clapping along to the songs yeah laughing at jokes that are genuinely funny genuinely funny funny. Oh, yeah. I just what a home run. What well, I just loved it. So the share show runs at the new Wimbledon Theatre until the fourth of Feb to twenty twenty three. It then goes on to Torquay, fourteenth to eighteenth of Feb, then Oxford, twenty first to twenty fifth of Feb, Landadno from the twenty eighth Landadno, the... where's that? Wales. Land... Oh Wales. Wales, that sorry, she's done the accent, Landadno. That was terrible, isn't it? <laughs> I like Will it. Will I cut that out? We'll see. <laughs> Landard, no, just in case I do. 28th to 4th of March. And then finally, Norwich um, from the 7th to the 11th of March. So it's the, we're at the tail end of the tour here. And I guess we'll then be sort of seeing, will there be a transfer? Oh, I'm really, really excited so. to see. Really excited to see. But yeah, we loved the share show, Long and the Short. It's a lot like what's not to love. Yeah, what is not to love? Yeah, I mean, it just really... It was a good time. It was so much fun. So let's move on to second review, which only I went to see. And from one big camp, gay extravaganza to another, this is a show called My Son's a Queer, But What Can You Do? Mm-hmm. And this has been, this was on at the Turbine Theatre first. Then it's been to Edinburgh, had a short run at the Garrick last year, which I was trying to see and just missed. So it's now come back to the Ambassador's Theatre where it is playing until the 18th of March. And it's a one-person show by Rob Madge. Where is the Ambassador's Theatre? It's where we saw The Shark is Broken. It's next to The Mousetrap. Oh, Leicester Square. Okay, I'm with you. Yep. So nice small theatre, which is good, because this is a one-person show, and it's by Rob Madge. And people may know Rob Madge because... They, they're non-binary for a start, so I'll, I'll try and get their pronouns right throughout this. So Rob Madge did a video of when they were a child. They were basically very theatrical, seems like, almost from birth, just loved the theatre, loved performing. 
and they put a video on Twitter or Instagram or TikTok, I can't remember, of one of these home videos because their parents had a camcorder and would do a lot of filming. And one of these videos kind of went viral and it was Rob doing this basically like a full Disney parade tour show playing all the characters. They're doing all these costume changes and the whole family sort of participating like helping doing all the stuff and this video sort of it's so super cute i'd urge you to look that up because it's very cute and so basically there's a whole show kind of created around that so the set is rob madge's living room so we're all in rob madge's living room and we're invited in to see how they performed in their living room the living room was their stage growing up and the production uses lots of that footage like more of the footage that we hadn't seen before of all these performances that Rob would do as a child, very Disney obsessed. Um, and then we start to see that they really wanted the yellow dress that Belle wore, that their dad got them the beast costume instead. So you kind of see that, but the dad was also, it's, you know, it's not like a, my dad got me beast costume and I really wanted Belle. That is part of it. But the dad was also super supportive yeah. for a dad from Coventry who probably wasn't expecting to have a child that wanted to be Belle. So there's like a little hint of that. And then we kind of get more into that. As, so the show starts off quite fun, camp and welcome to my theatrical life. Here's a handbook for raising a theatrical child. But we slowly start to get more and more heart as we go on. And then it it's, it's quite heartbreaking in points because when Rob starts school, we see snippets of the, like, um, not a report card. That's an, such Americanisms. What do we call it? A re- school report. Um, yeah, yeah, just a school report where the teachers say that maybe if they were, there's something awful, like maybe if they made less theatrical facial expressions, they might have more friends oh. or something, like really sad, just, you know, dampening Rob's light, so to speak. So those bits are quite heartbreaking and they talk about how they did then sort of, you know, dampen their their light and their theatricality to try and fit in. And so that's obviously really heartbreaking. What's the, um, what's that quote from RuPaul about send your children to dance class or something like that? He always says that, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, this, <clears throat> the message of this is very much love and support your children. And although I said the dad buys Rob the Beast costume instead of the Belle costume, his grandma then makes him, hand sews him a yellow oh. Belle dress. And it's really, this show is, about his family and like the love of his family. And, and then they make Rob this puppet theater. And we see the video footage of that. And Do you know that what's scene me and of? the look on their face is so like touching. Do you know, do you know what's reminded me of? Do you remember we were like obsessed with Annie and we used to put on the, the tape and mm-hmm. polish the wooden floor. Yeah. And then when other kids would come over, we'd be like, do you want to play orphans? And like, we'll polish this floor. And then we'd make mom be Miss Hannigan. Yeah. And she'd like come in and she would actually be like, you little pigs droppings. I want to see if she like properly yeah. went for it. And they must, if they didn't watch that show, they must have been like, well, yeah. we've got Paul called pig shit today. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's that was a really nice bit at the end of this show. We see people have sent in videos of themselves as kids, Aww. dressing up, being theatrical, putting on shows in their living room. So this has basically just a really beautiful, like heartwarming message about love your kids, support your kids. Um, also just like love, family, love kind of is the most important thing. It really doesn't matter what your children want to do. The most important thing you can do is love them. Yeah. 
And that was really like very emotional and everyone was really feeling it. And so the support that's kind of garnered throughout was really, I mean, it was really beautiful. I want to go and see this. You're, you're really selling it to me, but it's just I'm, over an hour. I just don't through. know if I can do that with the January blues. There's a full moon on Monday. I'm feeling hormonal. Like, well, wait till you're not so hormonal. But I mean, obviously it's also just really good fun because we have all these hilarious videos. Yeah. And then we have some good at the end. There's a nice, big costumey set piece that Rob does. Rob sings so, um, songs throughout as well. Is so, there an interval? No, it's just an hour. It's oh, an hour lovely. long show, start to finish. The set's really fun. Like I said, it's the living room, but we have then these little flourishes that, that come out to, um, to, like, you know, represent Rob's theatrical flourishes. Things fold open and inside are kind of bits of props and staging and lighting. So it's really good fun. It's super heartwarming. It's very funny. It's an hour straight through, which is amazing. I was out by, you know, 8.30, which is lovely. Living the dream. I Living mean, you're home by 10. It's great. So I'd really, really recommend it. The video footage that's used is just like to have that. It's just priceless. Know, do All we, this do we family have footage. We do have some tapes somewhere. We need to find them. And when everyone sent theirs in and that montage is played, it is just really cute I thought oh no I, I should have sent that in me on a trapeze in my little glittery outfit oh no you playing um, your greatest role yet was Beatrix Potter I was Beatrix Potter you were Beatrix a lot Potter the time. And I feel like that was an interesting choice like the kids were being <laughs> the bunnies know, yeah oh well, my god Oscar do you remember when the other thing is we used to play I remember when people came over we'd be the bunnies and we'd be, mum would be Mr McGregor and she would like rampage up the stairs to come and shoot us, and we'd be like hiding wow. in, the, in the war room, and we'd get on the bunk bed. I don't have as many memories of that. I more remember being Beatrice Potter writing <laughs> the stories, being the puppet master. Oh, okay. I just used to like to write the story on a, a thing, yes. and then Mum would be my maid, Lucy, who would, Lucy, who would have to then <laughs> post the the stories to my to my publisher. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah. You were just a woman trying to make it in a man's world. <laughs> I was. Yeah, I was just being Beatrice Potter. So yeah, this, obviously this, this show really resonated with me. It'll resonate with a lot of theatrical people who go and see or people who love theatre. There's lots of lovely references to, to theatre. But also for anyone who doesn't know theatre or anyone who has, anyone who has, you know, family, whatever your family may look like, this mm. will resonate to you because it is just a show about family. And love. And well, I'm going to see it. 100%. It was really good fun. So I've got so, until March. Talk to me about where to sit. Okay, so this is on at the Ambassador's Theatre. It's quite small. We actually got upgraded the night we went, which is when sometime we bought £25 seats at the back of the upper circle in row H or K. They start to be £25. And I looked on seat plan and they looked like a good view. But sometimes if a show doesn't, especially a show like this where it's a one-person show and you, you need the atmosphere... If they haven't sold all the seats, they will often move you down, move you down to, to pull you forward. So we got moved down to the stalls and had really good seats, but we were going to spend 25. So you can get 25 pound seats. And that's what I was going to do. And I think I would have been happy with that choice. It's just Rob on stage and the videos on the big projector. You don't need to be super up close. It was nice to be, but I would have been happy with my £25 seats. There is also the Today Ticks Rush, which is how I would recommend probably getting seats for this if you are happy not to book in advance. Um, and you'd get those at 10am on the day, go on to Today Ticks, find the show, which is called My Son's a Queer, but what can you do? Thursdays and... Is it Thursdays and Saturdays? There's two performances a night. 
So you've got double chance. And because it's a short show, it's sort of one at seven and one at 8.30 or something or nine, which is good. Or if you want to book in advance, I'd say if you want to go cheap, sit at the back of the circle for 25. Or if you want to spend a bit more for 45, I'd go in the stalls and I'd go towards the end of a row. They are 45 pounds and you're not going to have an obscured view. Rob is just front and center of the stage. I think you'll see the whole screen that with the videos. So I would go for those as my next option. Mm. So that's My Sons Are Queer, But What Can You Do? by Rob Madge. It's on at the Ambassadors Theatre and it runs until March 18th. So you've got, you've got a while to see it and it's, it's a hoot and it's, it's very funny and very feel good. Yeah. I'm going to do the Today Takes and see that and then I'll talk about it on the pod. Yeah. Good. Just to tell you what I think. Yeah. It's really cute. And any, yeah, anyone would enjoy this. Oh. Just had another thought, closing thought for the day. Mm-hmm. I also was a child publisher. Um, you weren't the only one writing stories. Mum had a computer and she would sit and... A word processor, not a computer. It was a word processor, that's it. You could it. just type on it. And uh, she would like sit and dic- and I would dic- walk around the room dictating my story and she would write it for me. Mm. And I used to write stories about a bear who um, loved honey and he had a best friend who was a little piglet. And what a great idea. It was really good. Um, it was really it was yes plagiarism. I was in, I, I may have been influenced by another famous book, but inspired by is what I believe we call that. <laughs> and then I actually did illustrations, which were literally direct copies. <laughs> and I just loved. Them. Yeah, oh, I know. That's so cute. So well, again, you know, our mum was. You got to be there supporting, yeah. making the dreams come true. <laughs> Yeah, I know. So sweet. She should. She could have turned around and been like, "Well, that's that's literally Winnie the Pooh. Why do you think of your own thing?" Yeah. She's like, "No, it's okay. If you to, want to copy yeah, that, that's fine." Just doing it. Yeah. Pretend it's your own. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we saw two really good shows. Share show finishing up its tour, and my son's queer. But what can you do? Which is running until March 18th. Yeah, we're having a good run of theatre at the minute, and we've got Sylvia coming up with yes, Beverly Knight. Beverly Knight the old Vic that has now started previews so we're very excited for that that episode will be out in a couple of weeks again thanks so much for listening to Theatre Club Podcast I've been Oscar I'm Alice and we will see you next time bye bye